Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, and I have brought back a popular guest. Popular because he has done so many more podcast episodes than I have, and I will always have something to learn from him. And so I'm happy to bring back Jason Leonarts to the show. Uh, your last appearance was December 17th, 2019. So when we really think about that, like, thinking about it critically that that's a pretty convenient time to uh reflect on and to really like encapsulate everything that's happened but uh how are you today i'm good thanks so much for having me back on yeah december december 2019 you know nothing has happened in the world since then (laughs) (laughs) i can't imagine we have anything to talk about (laughs) but no this is this is great I, i love spending the time with you i love seeing how how your life and your career is evolving. And I mean, you are just a man of many, 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 many talents. Um, so I, I mean, my hat's off to you. I, I, I could learn just as much, if not more from you. So, so thanks for the opportunity. You bet. Um, something that kind of like happened through the evolution of the show was I always thought that I'd just be the show that only had like guests on maybe once. And I just keep going through and finding people. And then I found, I was like, okay, like, there's a lot of different names, there's a lot of different personalities, and I'm finding that like I'm losing the opportunity to really make like meaningful connections with people. And so now it's like I kind of take it from two directions. I want to meet as many people as possible, but I also want to make like strong connections with as many of those people as possible. And it, it takes it's a labor of love. It takes a lot of work to actually make it happen. But something that I wanted to mention, like your show, you've started doing your four episode series. Um, First of all, what kind of inspired that approach to it? Yeah, I was getting uh, close to my 300th episode. And I kept just sort of wrapping my head around, okay, where do I where do I want to take it after 300? Do I want to take it anywhere? You know, and, and you know, this just as well as I do, you know, there, there are some podcasts that are out there where they can monetize their efforts. Um, I don't think that you and I, uh, at least not any time in the foreseeable future, will turn this into a, a Joe Rogan-esque, you know, um, uh, project. And not that there's anything wrong with monetizing a podcast. It's just, you know, we're not there yet. And all of my effort is put into my brick and mortar business. The majority of it is certainly. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, one option is certainly that I could just hang my hat in a relative way and just keep all 300 episodes out there. And, you know, people can go back and enjoy them. Um, Or if I, if I decide to continue it, how would I continue it? And I thought, well, what are, what are people not doing? What's something that, you know, I don't really see a lot of. And I knew that some people, when they released their podcast, they would release like a season, they would release like a season and, you know, you'd have a lot of episodes sort of dump at one time and people could binge them. And I thought, you know, that's a, that's a cool idea. And and then I thought, no, I I, want to do something different. So I just kind of stumbled on this idea of what if you do like a four part series and that way you get, you get more, you as the listener get more exposure to the guest 
the guest really gets more time to shine. And the one thing that I did that ran sort of counter to the way I did the show up till that point was, you know, and I don't know if you're exactly the same way as this or not, but I normally had an idea in my mind. This is where I want to take this conversation with this guest. And so everything was sort of spearheaded by me. And I thought, well, in a way that could be doing disservice to the guests. So um, the first person to jump on board for the idea was Mike Coward. And Mike had been on my show um, several times before, and he's just a, a wonderful guy. And, uh, and I said, so I'm trying this thing. And I don't know if you have an interest in doing this with me, but this is my, this is my thought. And, and he was game. And I said, I think what would be best is I want to talk about things that you want to talk about. So what are four topics that you want to discuss throughout this series that really, you know, give you the time to shine and I'll just riff on them, you know? And so he had four topics and, and I think we probably stayed true to that course and that's where it started. And so that's just where I've just been sort of rolling it since then is, you know, whoever I have in my mind is it's okay. Let's, let's see what topics you've got. Um, I very rarely disagree on the topics because again, this is what the guest is passionate about. And, uh, and the onus is on me to, to make it a good conversation. Uh, and I've, I've had a blast with it, but you know, you and I were talking offline, the, um, the, the downside to that is not everybody, not every guest has that kind of time uh, in their schedule to do that. And, uh, and so it's just been, it's been cool. It's been an experience. And um, at least in my mind, the, the plan is to probably carry this for a full 100 episodes. So that would be 25 guests um, that I do it in this format before I decide, you know, if I, if I do something different. So we'll, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Well, I mean, to kind of get people sort of uh, refreshed with you, because like for for perspective here, um, your last appearance was episode eighty eight. Now we're on episode one hundred ninety eight. So we've really uh, covered a lot of different people in between episodes. So if you were to reintroduce yourself based on everything that's happened in the last couple of years, how how would you show up? Like how how would you introduce yourself? Man, prob probably just the same. I, I, I always try to think that I, I've got a really short way of doing this, you know, and just keep it like the elevator pitch. But I'm, you know, I'm the, uh, I'm the owner of Revolution Fitness and Therapy in good old Stowe, Ohio, which is Northeast Ohio, for those that don't know, somewhere between Akron and Cleveland, if, uh, if you follow, you know, uh, professional sports. Um, this is my brick and mortar baby. I do uh, online training as well, but it's primarily the brick and mortar business. I'm the author of two books that you can find on Amazon in both Kindle and uh, physical format. Um, I host a little show called Revolutionary You, which has also enjoyed its time with my, my man on the other side of the microphone, Chris Little, um, and we've shared many guests between us. Uh, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a son, and uh, you know, just, just trying to, to do some good in the world, but that's who I am. I love that. That was probably one of the best intros that I've ever heard. <laughs> like you, you've mastered it. You you won the game. Um, so then, when we think about like the fact that you're the owner of a brick and mortar mortar facility, um, and I happened to do a bit of a deep dive preparing for this episode, just kind of listening to some of your recent podcast appearances and some of the shows that you've hosted. Um, what was it like to kind of face some of your weaknesses in a pandemic and really kind of have to work on that and kind of get out of that, that area, like as far as like business goes kind of thing? Sure. Um, so it's definitely something I've talked about on my podcast before, um, and I'm more than happy to share it again, because it's, it's one of those things I think sometimes the more you sort of relive what happened, the more you can sort of be 
you know, just acutely aware of, of the reality of how things went. And like a lot of things in life, you don't know till you know. And there were certain things about business that I thought, well, you know, if I ever have to transition to a fully virtual landscape, this is how it would go. And this is how my clients would react. And, and most every um, thought that I had about how it would go was wrong. Um, and so for us, and, I, and I, this, this does bear mention because I know that every state and every country was very different, but I can only speak for the state of Ohio. Um, we were in lockdown for just a handful of weeks and I didn't have any trouble moving my clients to a virtual platform. Part of that was because um, we already had an online community um, where people can just sort of keep their dialogue going and, um, and just sort of keep up with, you know, whether it's, you know, little funny memes that we like to pass to each other or, you know, my, my client deep dives about troubleshooting that might be happening and things like that that we can share within the active clients. Um, so to keep everybody together, that part was easy. The part that was hard was that, um, and, and I'll fall on my sword when I say this, because this was really error on my end, is I, I gave clients a lot of options, is number one, as the business owner, I had to be mindful of loss of revenue. And because this was such a scary time for so many people, um, there were many people who were in a position where they could continue to pay their, their dues um, to keep the business you know, up and going. Because in the words of one of my clients, he said, when we get out of this, I wanted Jim to be able to come back to. So, you know, keep charging my card. And then other people were like, you know, I'll, I, you can start running my card when I have a place to come back to. And you know what, full respect to wherever you stand. I had clients that lost income um, because of the way they got paid and things like that. So we had to be mindful of that too. And I thought in my mind that, you know, most of my clients would want to sign up for actual like one-on-one -on -one Zoom sessions and stuff like that. So we could just kind of walk them through their workouts. And nobody wanted that. Not one, not one client of mine wanted that. Um, in hindsight, if we were, if we were to go through another series of lockdowns, um, I probably would be a bit more aggressive with making sure that we schedule that because, I mean, I had clients that just sort of mentally they just kind of lost it. It was just so frightening for them. You know, in a world that's already just kind of chaotic enough as it is, you 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 take the pandemic away, you forget that the last year and a half of this world actually happened. And I've already got clients that are just like, they're already kind of tight wound. You throw a pandemic into the middle of it. And it's like, I had clients that just sort of came unglued. And so I would be on these just, you know, coaching calls, just kind of like this, just talking to people, clients just crying, crying, because they didn't know what was going to happen. And we didn't have any solutions. You know, we just knew that there was going to be a light at the end, at the end of the tunnel, we just didn't know when or where or what that's going to look like. And so I consider um, Ohio one of the fortunate states um, because I saw what other countries went through. Um, I, I had a guest on my show who was from Australia just recently. They were in their fourth lockdown. And I thought, my God, we got off so easy compared to that. And, um, and so it was, it was tough. Now, for me as the coach, I realized how much of my self-esteem, how much of my ego, for lack of a better term, was wrapped up in the success of this business. As in, when things are flying high, Jason's great. And when things are flying low, Jason's not so good. And it's hard not to take it on the chin as a coach and go, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why am I failing my clients? And you know, Chris, you know this, like however many clients you have, you, you look at all the people who are currently succeeding, you know, they're, they're hitting their personal best and they're, they're losing weight. Well, that's great. What about the people that aren't? You know, you got to worry about those folks too. And it's easy to take, again, sort of take it on the chin and go, why is that person not losing weight? 
what what why am I not able to like sort of like bring them to the promised land and give them just the right tools and all that other stuff. And so it was it was tough. It was tough to do and manage all that stuff in a virtual landscape. So um, we were again very fortunate that we got to come out of it and reopen our doors and and we just we came out swinging. Um, I believe that I have to credit this to John Goodman as one of the people that said this right when everything was happening. He said, if you're one of the coaches that can survive this, that can get through this thing that we're going through, you're probably going to come out of this better than we went into it. And I'll be damned if he wasn't right, uh, because we did. When we reopened our doors, we were just all guns blazing and we were doing great before the, you know, before the lockdowns happened. So I consider myself fortunate on a host of different levels. Um, but one that we were able to take what was what was trending to be a banner year before the pandemic started, it still ended up being a banner year in light of the pandemic. And then we we head into this year and we're going to, you know, we're going to break more records and the virus is still happening. And there are still things that we've had to manage here at the studio that have been difficult and sensitive. And it's when you've got, you know, I've, I've got a, a little over 100 clients right now. That's a lot of it's a lot of personalities and feelings and opinions that have to be respected and catered to. And not everybody's going to be on the same page together. And so, you know, as a result, you end up, um, you end up hurting some feelings and you end up kind of, you know, kind of drawing a line in the sand that other people will not draw with you. And, uh, and it's, it's tough, but as a business owner, you, you have to make those decisions and not every decision is comfortable. And a lot of them, you know, you, you'll lose a lot of, a lot of sleep thinking about what is, what is the best thing for me to do for my community at large? So it's, it's a long answer. <laughs> I love that answer. I mean, there, there's a lot of takeaways. I mean, I completely agree with you in that uh, just our role with our clients, whether it be that we're distanced because of uh, restrictions or we're distanced because of uh, change to people's lifestyles, like our role correlates very directly with how we feel about ourselves with our sense of purpose with so many different things um and then so to go through something like a lockdown or um any kind of uh disagreement or turmoil or stress is going to to impact us so like the first question that i'll ask you is like how what do you do to build yourself back up well you know, it, it's interesting when when everything was happening, you know, it, it was there were a lot of things that were happening in my life at the at the same time the virus was happening. And you could sort of see the writing on the wall. Like if you were a fly, you know, uh, sort of from the outside looking in, if you could sort of be the spectator of my life leading up to what was happening in March, it, you know, chaos was like everywhere. Um, and I'm one of these people that I get so laser focused on like the things that I'm doing that, you know, I, I've always related to just like keep, you know, you're just spending another plate, you add another plate to the mix that you're trying to spend and just keep everything going before something, you know, falls and breaks and inevitably something will break. And I'd been so laser focused on work that, um, that my marriage was suffering, you know, and I've been pretty honest about it and pretty open about it in terms of like things that I've said on my writings and, and things that I've put routinely in the podcast that it's like, you know, I've, I, I've, I've read that, you know, when you look at life, you have these buckets, whether it be like a social bucket or an emotional bucket or, you know, a professional bucket, whatever it is, spiritual bucket. And um, you can't keep every bucket full. You know, some of them are going to be emptier than others. Some of them are going to be overflowing. Work was overflowing. Um, my, my personal life was, was 
you know, that, that we needed water in that bowl. And so um, when the pandemic happened, it sort of forced sort of a microscope on what was happening in my marriage. And it was like, okay, well, this is sort of a shit or get off the pot moment. Um, we had the time to sort of work on the things that we needed to do for each other, my, my wife and I. And of course we have a toddler at home and, you know, any, anyone who's a parent to a, a young child going through a pandemic where, you know, in a perfect world, you've got your child out and doing things with their kids and all this other stuff. And when you can find, you know, a child of that age indoors and go, I'm sorry, we, we can't go to the park and we can't go to the restaurant and we can't go do these things because of this pandemic. Um, it's tough. It's tough, you know, certainly on my wife, because, you know, I at least got to come to work. You know, even even when we were in lockdown, I would still come to work and get things done. Um, and then, of course, once we were able to open our doors, then, you know, it's full bore ahead. So for myself, it it, it actually was sort of a blessing in disguise um, because I knew that work was going well, but things behind the scenes in my life weren't going as well. So it, you know, was an invitation to get back in therapy, which was something that was very beneficial for me because I needed that sounding board. I needed someone to talk to, to help me sort out the things in my head that, um, you know, were sort of going off the rails and, and it let my wife and I have the time to sort of reconnect and go, okay, you know, we, we want this, you know, we, we want the marriage to work. We want this, not just for our benefit, but for our family's benefit. And so once that compass got set straight, then everything else sort of, you know, got straightened out too. So it was almost serendipitous the way that it happened. And I can, my God, I can find silver lining in damn near everything. Um, it just depends on how you look at it. And so, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, the marriage is going better. Let that part of my life is going better. And now look what's happening with work. Well, I get to reopen my doors and I get to do all these different things. So it's like, you know, you forget about the things that give you a certain sense of grounding. And so for myself, it was therapy. It was the marriage being in the direction that it should be going. It's work going the direction that it should be going. And it gave me a better mindset about, okay, well, what am I learning from this about myself? And what am I watching my clients go through? And how can I relate this to what my clients are going through and how we're all struggling through these things together? And so, you know, we as coaches, we have these conversations about self-care and self-care could be a bubble bath and self-care could be going to get a pedicure or manicure. Self-care could be a therapist. Self-care could be... Um, you know, how we look at our exercise. And so I had to learn to be kind of forgiving with my own exercise because it's like, dude, you can't do it all. You can't do everything. Like you can't run the numbers as high as you want to with your training. I'm not of the mindset that it's like, you know, chain my ass to a treadmill and have me run for 45 minutes. That's not my, it's not my game. So it was just, you know, learning, learning where to sort of pull certain things back because I needed to know where to set my focus. And uh, it's ne it's never evolving process. You know, it's like um, I, I shared something with my wife uh, recently. In fact, I think I was talking on my podcast about this too, uh, somewhat recently with uh, with Lisa Lewis. And it was a it was something talking about relationships in general. And it said if you've got a relationship that's been going on for decades, like 20, 30, 40 years, you have to think about essentially every decade you're changing as people. And it's like if you're not the same people you know, as you were in like your first 10 years of marriage or whatever it was, um, you have to think about that. How, how are we changing as people? And I shared it with my wife and my wife, you know, definitely understood where I was coming from, but, you know, think about that, you know, just as individuals, I'm not the same person I was when I was in my twenties, not the same as I was in my thirties. I'm now, you know, uh, just getting past the, the, the midline of being in my forties. And, uh, and, and it's like, my God, I, I just keep changing. Um, so I, I'm just trying to learn how to embrace that, like embrace that change, 
um, and just keep trying to, to move the needle in good directions. Well, I mean, even for anybody that's kind of curious to see what change looks like, they can look at either one of our podcasts and mm -hmm. go back like in an increment of 100 episodes, like Certainly. go back to episode one of yours, 100 of yours, 200 of yours kind of thing. And, and same thing for mine, because it's uh, it is both humbling and insightful and just helps us really um create imagery or relatability to the idea that we are always evolving and it's not like a fault it is not something that is uh has a template to which a person must follow it is just relative to what people go through and how they handle it and their environment and their their support network um something else that you kind of talked about that uh I wanted to bring up was just the fact and it doesn't have to be in regard to anything present day, but just all the, when we're handling conflict or when we're handling disagreement, it's a very heavy emotional thing to deal with. And especially with the integration of social media, because it makes it like, you can argue about anything. You can argue about oranges and apples on the internet. Um, but with that being said, that is something that is in our environment. That is something that, uh, causes a lot of stress for some people. It can be debilitating for some people. How, how do you manage it? How do you set up your environment so that you can move forward? Sure. So I, you know, Chris, I, I'm going to assume that you're going to relate to everything that I'm about to say. We are, we are friends with a lot of the same people, um, on, on social media. So if we just if you just took a snapshot of our Facebook friends, we probably have a lot of friends in common. And like a lot of things, there there are um, people on both sides of a given fence. Um, you can look at that from a political standpoint. You can look at it from a method of exercise standpoint. You could look at it from a dietary methodology standpoint. And um, and I've always appreciated dissenting opinions um, because I might have an opinion about something and think, okay. I believe in my mind, based on my life experiences, that things should go this way. I believe as a, as a coach, as a working professional, based on the success that I've seen with my clients, that you know a path to success looks like this. And, and that's fine. And then I'll get on the internet, the, this beast that is the internet, and I'll see somebody you know, say something that runs completely counter to my belief system. And, and I sit back and I marinate on it and I'm like, okay, I, I like, I get that. It, it makes, it makes sense why that would happen for that person or under that set of circumstances. And, you know, I, I know people are sick of talking about the pandemic, but because it's still a very much an active thing right now, and people are very divided on how they feel about it, whether right or wrong, there are there are frequently times that I see people say certain things and it doesn't have to be related to the pandemic, but because the pandemic's just sort of, you know, part and parcel of this conversation, however you feel about masks, however you feel about vaccinations, however you feel about new variants and all that other stuff, there are certain opinions that I see out there and I'll read them and I'll think about them and I'll think I'll, I'll just start running through my mind. What is something that I could say to this person, you know, just to kind of, to just because I'm curious, I'm, I'm genuinely sincerely curious about certain things. I'm not the type of person to get on the internet and argue about stuff, but like, I, I, I want to give this person my two cents and I'm here. I am, I'm like driving in my car, I'm running errands and I'm like, I'm going to say this, 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 this. And I've got this perfectly crafted post that I'm going to put down. And then I always have to stop myself and I'm like, okay, wait a second. 
before you sit down and you, you know, craft this big elaborate thing, how does this benefit your life? I'm asking myself this question, Jason, how does this benefit your life? Does it make you feel like will, when you put this down, when you put it off and, and, you, and you hit return and you, and you send it out into the world, will it make your life better? The answer is usually no. Will it gain you um, the respect of your peers? Maybe. Will it get you any more money in your pocket? Probably not. Um, and then I just have to go, is it, is it even fucking worth it? No. So I just let certain things lie. You know what I mean? It's just not, and I have to say that to myself about a lot of things. It's like, it's just not worth it. So when I see the people, the individuals of, of any ilk, that have the time and the wherewithal and the skill, but time most especially, they have the time to do this. I'm like, my God, what, what are you doing that you have that much time on your hands? Because I'm trying to run a brick and mortar business and I'm trying to raise a family and I'm trying to, as my Oma said before she passed away, I'm trying to keep my nose clean. You know what I mean? And so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't have time for this conversation. So while I still appreciate dissenting opinions, and often I think they're absolutely hysterical, and I actually said this to a couple of clients today, I love the internet. I love the internet because it is so entertaining and, and you know, infuriating and, you know, all that other stuff. But I, I also said, um, you know, we, we better be careful because at a certain point, the powers that be are going to start charging for this. Like Facebook's going to charge a cover charge for this much entertainment <laughs> <laughs> because they're like, hey, listen, and I, I, I was kind of having like a little bit of a banter with a, with a client of mine. She goes, you mean aside from the, them stealing all of our data? I'm like, oh, data schmata, who cares about data? <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, hey, listen, I know you want to log in today, but it's going to be $10 for today's entertainment. <laughs> so yeah, I just I, I just had to have to sort of, you know, like a lot of things take it with a grain of salt realize that, you know, not everybody's going to see things the way that I see them. That's kind of what makes the world turn. Um, you know, social media just amplifies stuff, but it's not like things are really different. Just, you know, somebody posted something the other day about the the general sentiment that the, the quote unquote, the world is more divided than it's ever been. And below that that sentiment was a picture of two water fountains and the one said white and the one said colored. You know, the, the world's always had points of division and, and most of them very inaccurate and unfair and unethical. Um, so, you know, social media just sort of brought it up in a different lens, but it's um it's tough. It's tough to kind of keep your emotions at bay. And so normally the conversations just kind of take place in the privacy of my home. And it's, I don't, I don't get into that stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I mean, it's, it's something that I believe probably catches a lot of people when they're not paying attention, just like, they could be going about their day. It could be like a six out of 10 day, you know, could be better, but could be a lot worse. And just one little statement or phrase or caption can just set a person off. And oh, yeah. like, and, I mean, and you didn't even have control over it. Exactly. You, know? like you didn't even know that you were going to see it. And that's why, you know, I try to talk to my clients about how are you curating your feed? You know, if you, if, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull something out of thin air. If if the feeling you get when you see a really fit person eating a slice of pizza is it leads you to binge on pizza, then you probably need to remove those people from your feed. Like if that doesn't make you feel good about yourself, um, get get rid of it. 
because only you have control over that feed. Granted, there's going to be ads and stuff that are that are going to pop up, and you don't have any control over those necessarily. All you can do is just you know essentially unplug. Um, but you decide what you want to see, and if if it leaves you with a negative feeling, um, you got to you got to get away from it. And this includes you know people that we talk to face to face. If if there's people that make you not feel good about yourself, you need to distance yourself from them. It's not it's not healthy for you. I mean, that was a huge lesson that I got from the last couple of years was to just um, people that I was giving everything to all my time, my energy. And then it was just, they were like a take, take, take kind of person. And for me being someone who inherently wants to help people as much as possible, I wasn't able to identify that. And I had no boundaries. Like I, I was just like, sure, just empty my cup here, empty my cup here, uh, bend over backwards for this person, just everything that I can do until I collapse. And I started to get a bit more strict with with how I was going to share my energy with who was going to get my time. And it's like one of the most empowering things a person can do. And probably the thing that will help most people survive. And when we look at it from an internet standpoint, the cool thing is when you geek out on this stuff, you can get browsers that block the ads. You can get plugins that will filter out what you see. Because at the end of the day, this is a piece of electronics. Um, it is not relative to our our essence in the world. It is not our legacy. This is an accessory to our life. And just kind of how you highlighted um, is this situation making my life better? Is it adding more value? Am I emotionally happier? Like we have to focus on that sometimes. Um, for me, a big thing has been like the connections that I've made during this time when like really all I could do is make connections through, through the, the internet, essentially through social media, through my podcast. Um, if you reflect on your past year and a half, has there been a connection that's really stood out to you that kind of just pops into your head as we're talking? You know, I I think for me, I was I was very fortunate to be connected with all the coaches that I'm connected with, you know. And, and when I was kind of talking about that earlier, when I was talking about what we went through during lockdown, it it was very helpful for me mentally, emotionally, to see what other coaches were going through, um, because it's so easy for me to get lost in my little bubble, you know, and just what happens in these four walls that you tend to forget what other people are going through. And so, you know, when I would see things about coaches that, you know, they, 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 they couldn't make the transition, you know, in, in your case, you, you know, you were, you were working for, uh, for a gym, you were an independent contractor at a gym, you had no control, no control over what was happening. And essentially that's essentially what happened to, you know, my, my staff as well, except I, I had staff that were, you know, they were, they were paid staff. It wasn't, you know, you know, they, some of them had their own clients, but most of them were here to help me. And it was like, all I can do is apply for like loan forgiveness so that I can at least get you a paycheck, you know, to get, get you through until things are back up and running. And so I, I don't know if there was any one relationship. I just needed to sort of see the fitness industry as a whole so that I could understand number one, um, how good I had it when I thought I didn't have it very well. And uh, to sort of take like a, you know, a little slice of humble pie and go, you need to be damn grateful for what you got. 
um, because if you can't find gratitude there, you're not going to find it anywhere. Um, because other people like like good coaches, good coaches and good businesses that couldn't, you know, couldn't survive this. I'm like, my God, what makes me so special? I just happened to live in the right state that I could pull it off. Um, because if I lived in New York, I don't know that I would have survived. If I lived in California, I don't know that I would have survived. Um, and, and that was it was a it was a hard, hard thing to see because I'm watching fantastic coaches saying, I'm sorry, we're not going to be in business anymore. God, that sucks. It sucks for, you know, not just for the coach, but for the, for the clients, for the people that were patrons of that business. Um, so, so yeah, I just, I had to look at it um, as a whole. And I think that was probably the most beneficial thing that I could have been a part of was to go, um, you know, just embrace who you can. And so it was people like you, it was conversations with people like you, where I'm like, how are you doing? You know, Andrew Coates, how, you know, how are you doing? Um, and just trying to see where you can just reach out to people and just see, do you need anything? Can I do anything? Do you want to talk? You want to vent? You know, whatever, whatever I can do to help. Um, because you know, we're we're all on the same team, basically. So, I mean, it's so true. Like, it's it's something I can't promote enough is the fact that like we all went into this industry not in pursuit of great wealth or a Lamborghini. Like, something in it caused us to want to have a role in somebody else's life, whether it be with athletic performance, whether it be with weight loss or strength, um, there is something that calls us back time and time again that motivates us to keep at it and just keep working, keep moving forward. And the only thing that we can do in correlation with one another is help one another. Like if we're here to take somebody out, like that is not going to help because there's already like in non pandemic times, there's enough gyms that close. There's enough people that just leave the industry. Sure. And so it's just, there is so much opportunity to support one another. And that's, that's something that I've really loved about this past period of time. You've been someone who straight up supported me. Um, and just our conversations always feel like very meaningful and like we're actually making a connection and just like reaching out from across the internet, from across the border, um, and actually helping one another get up or feel proud or, um, feel strong in, in the purpose of what we do. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, what what sense does it make to have like your one hand lifting somebody up with your foot on somebody else's head just to make it happen? Like it doesn't like that's not a that's not a good vision for me. Why wouldn't you just take both hands? I mean, God, God gave you both hands, <laughs> help two people, <laughs> you know, to the best of your ability. And whether that's a phone call or whether it's a, or whatever, you know, just what, whatever it is that you can do. Um, my God, think of it something as simple as this. When we saw what happened with the hospitality industry, like food and beverage, um, I saw, and you know, I can't say I came up with this idea on my own, but I, I, I saw people saying things like, yeah, you know, I'm tipping my server 50% or I'm tipping my server the cost of my meal. That's amazing. Do that. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people lost their jobs. And then so it was like, well, yeah, that's low hanging fruit. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, and again, it all depends on how you want to look at things. I saw a lot of great things come out of people when they were forced to do better. And it really makes you sort of take a look in the mirror and go, I, then why wouldn't I do better? Why wouldn't I be better? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, I think it's a global thing. Absolutely. Um, something that I've noticed in your social media as of late is just the, the growth of your team at RevFit, like having other, other 
players in the mix, other people that are having such a pivotal role in people's lives? What has that been like to uh, to watch that and to kind of see that come to fruition and to see other people grow through their different evolutions? Um, well, the short answer is it's awesome. <laughs> um, the, the much longer answer is this. I, I've been fortunate that I'm not very far away from a, a local university. And through their exercise physiology program and through one of the professors that I have a, a good working relationship with, um, I've, I've had sort of an open door access to intern opportunities. And so normally, you know, what, what'll happen or what's happened, you know, uh, a few times so far in the last, you know, three or four years of this business is we'll get an, an intern uh, who comes in and kind of gets a feel for how we operate this business. And, you know, not everybody who's majoring in exercise physiology wants to go this route you know not everybody wants to be a business owner they might want to be a physical therapist or they might want to uh, go into cardiac rehab or they might want to go work for a, a team somewhere um so when i've had the opportunity to talk to these students to tell them this is what i do and this is my background and this is how my business has grown um i've had some people that say you know i, I want to check that place out i want to help you out and we've had a really good run of success with the the interns from this school and one of the things that I I had to as a bridge I had to cross um, professionally was the fact that we run two training blocks here at the studio. So we run a block that goes from 530 in the morning until about 10. And then we shut down operations from 10 until about 230. And then the next training block goes from about 230 to 530. And that's basically the way that our week runs with just a, you know, a little bit of flexibility there. Um, and then like a seven to nine morning shift on Saturdays. And that's, that's how my business has operated for the past probably three years. Uh, yeah, I think about three years. And so physically, I know that I can work a shift by myself, but physically I shouldn't be working it by myself because it's hard, it's hard on my body. And, uh, and I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So, you know, I, I, I leave my house at, uh, quarter to five in the morning every day. And I get here by a little bit after five and, and it's all guns blazing for 12, 13 hours. And that's 12, 13 hours that, you know, we're kicking ass over here, but it's also 12, 13 hours that I don't see my family. And so, you know, I, I had to have some pretty hard cutoffs to when, you know, when I stopped training and because I knew that physically I was starting to kind of pay a price and I could tell it was taking a toll on my body. Um, it was like, okay, well, financially, can you, can I, afford to pay to, you know, have somebody help me because if another coach is on the floor that helps us move through the flow of the room. And when we're seeing, you know, upwards of 20, 20 ish, you know, clients through each training block and upwards of 40 some clients a day, it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of orchestration, making sure that like Susie's over here with her 30 pound dumbbell and she's squatting and Billy's over here and he's got the lap pull down set for his pull downs. And because of the virus, which I know the CDC, you know, the jury's out about this, but we're cleaning like freaks. We're cleaning everything before the next client touches it. So it was just, it was just a lot of movement that was happening. So I'm like, okay, well, financially, I need to make it work. I need to have a, a coach with me on every shift um, because it's, it's takes some of the pressure off of me and, uh, and, and let's make it happen. And so, you know, I, I pay what I believe is a, a pretty good wage. Um, to my clients or my my coaches, even though I know that it's only you know part time work, um, I encourage them to build clientels of their own, and I know how hard it is to do that, and uh, and so it's just been cool. Um, one one person that you haven't seen yet, and I'll I'll probably be you know um, 
uh, promoting them in, here in about a month is I have a gentleman who's a coach here and his name is Ryan. And Ryan started as a client when he was 16 years old and he came here because he needed to bulk up um, to be able to participate in track and field. And he just completely embraced this culture. He, he fell in love with being at the gym. He fell in love with working out. Um, he'd had a very negative experience at a local gym and this completely turned it on its head because, you know, I, I mean, we just, we're, we're crazy. <laughs> we're crazy here. So he just, I mean, he just, he embraced all of it. He, he put on close to 30, you know, 30 ish pounds of, of, of mass, um, good, good lean mass, um, over the span of a couple of years and, and just said, I think this is what I want to do. I think I want to coach people. So I brought him on staff and, uh, and he's been great because he, he knows this place. He knows how this place runs. He knows the flow. He knows the people. And so now it's just, how do we turn him into a coach? So he's getting his certifications and all that stuff right now um, so that we can build him up. But I mean, like, I'm really proud of that because like, I remember, I remember how it started. So it's, it's things like that, that it's like, wow, how, how cool, um, how cool to be a part of that and to see that um, happen in his life and to see his parents' reaction to like my, you know, Ryan really loves this. Um, that's great. What a cool feeling. So yeah, it's, it, it's just been awesome. Well, and it's so important too, because you highlighted how you needed to have change in order to focus on your personal life and to really uh, water all the plants in life and not, uh, not completely empty yourself so that you are just a shell of who you are when you went home. Um right. What are the things that you've done on the other end of things, like with regards to prioritizing things week to week for, for your personal life? Like how, how have you structured in like stability there? Um, so my, my, my wife and I are in a, like a pretty good groove with each other now. So there's been, she's had a lot of things that she's had going on in her uh, for, you know, for those that don't know, and some, some who already follow me, they, they know this, but my wife was groomed in theater and so that's what she did all of her life was she sang and she danced and she acted and all that stuff and and the theater industry was completely decimated through the virus and so you know it sort of made marissa take a couple steps back and go okay these are the things that i want to focus on to better myself and to continue my education and to you know to 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 do different things that would help sebastian our little guy and um so when i get home at work i mean that that is that's our time and, um, and over the last couple of years, we've developed a pretty significant uh, love and affection of bourbon, uh, bourbon rye whiskey that, you know, however, however they all play together. And we've done a couple of jaunts down to the, to the bourbon trail in Kentucky, and it's just been cool. And it's been a good, a good bonding experience for both of us just to kind of, you know, be, on, uh, be in that part of the country and to learn the history and then just to have those bonding moments with uh, with a nice drink and you know we're not the type to sit around and get hammered it's just not our style but it's just you know it's nice to to learn about the distilleries and just do something fun together and um so we we have that and of course we have the weekends which is also where we just sort of have our time to decompress and do what we need to do for the family and um so yeah i mean we just we we try to protect that that time at all cost um and that's why it's it was so important for me to sort of put a hard stop on the training blocks at work because it was like could I train later than what I do? Like theoretically, of course I could. Um, and I have clients that would love to train later in the day or whatever, but I'm like, 
I, I have to give time back to my family. Like I, I have to. Um, so that's where, you know, you just have to sort of, you have to have healthy boundaries. And, and that was how it shaped up uh, for me or for us. So. Well, I mean, and it's so true. Like just the fact that like, we're always going to have people that are going to want more of us or they'd be happy if we uh, gave them more of our time. But then we need to have the self-awareness to sort of uh, know where the limiters are and know at what point are we at our best and at what point do we start uh, degrading and like the the effect that that would have on everybody that we would see if we were to start just going right downhill kind of thing. With regards to that, um, when... When you're kind of thinking about like how are how are you going to upgrade how are you going to move forward or level up like what are your resources that you you go for like I know you read a lot of books and you probably listen to some other podcasts and stuff like what what is your jam what what uh, what keeps you moving forward? So, I um. I want I want to make sure that I answer this as, as accurately as I can. I I love learning. I, I love learning whatever whatever I can. Um, you know, you know just as well as I do. There are a lot of facets of fitness that you know you could be a part of, and conversations you could be a part of, and certifications that you could pick up, and stuff like that. Um, I I have probably had a more nutrition based focus on my business than I have an exercise based focus. Um, I think I, I sort of found what I believe is sort of my sweet spot and how I like to train, um, which means that I, I have a, a given demographic and I really don't float too far out of that. Um, so, you know, for, for those who are listening in that don't know exactly what I'm talking about, like if, if you have a child, for instance, who is a great baseball player and you want them to be like division one, I, I want them to get a scholarship. I want them to be the best of the best. I'm not your guy. I'm not the guy to, to, you know, to get the best out of that child. If by comparison, you are a parent who says, my child wants to learn how to lift weights and wants to get a little bit more confident and needs like to know like what they're doing in a gym. Uh, that's me. I'm your guy. Um, and, and, and they're welcome here. And so it was learning that sort of that, that difference for myself, but I, I, I love learning nutrition. And so I, when I saw the different options that were available to me, about what I could learn and what I could do with that knowledge. You know, I, I, I did precision nutrition and thought it was great. And um, prior to that, I had done uh, ISSA's sport nutrition course, which was also written by John Berardi before he started precision nutrition. And, uh, and I'd done all those things and, and it, was, it was valuable for me at the time, but I wanted to take things to the next level. And so the next level in my mind was Mac nutrition. And I just wrapped that up earlier um, this year and it was really hard. Um, I, I like, it, it was very hard for me. Um, and that's because like my, my background's not an exercise phys and, you know, my background's not in dietetics. My, my, my degree's in business management. You know what I mean? And so I already felt kind of behind the curve. Um, it was very challenging, uh, very rewarding. I'm really glad that I passed. Um, and, and, you know, just very, very thankful for the opportunity that I had through that organization. Um, and it was just cool. It was cool to sort of push myself to that level because quite honestly, um, I found that mac nutrition to be more challenging for me than anything I went through in college, anything hands down. Um, but you know, that's okay. That's how you get better. Um, now it's more about kind of going back through and I find myself wanting to see, um, 
I want to get better at cueing. You know, like I feel like if somebody's doing something like a trap lift or a deadlift, even though I see it all day long, um, I want to be better at it. I want to have better cues. I want to be able to like, you know, you've got the people that make that job easier on you. Like all you got to do is add five pounds and they're going to hit it. But then there's the people that get stuck for a long time. And it's like, okay, what, what am I, what tool am I not giving you that you need to get that next five pounds? And so that's kind of where I'm at right now is I, I'm kind of coming back probably a few paces to go, okay, I know, I know how the lift works. How do I get better at coaching the lift? And so that's kind of where, where I'm at is just trying to be a, a better coach. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's where it's at for me, but that's th for, for me, it's, it's as simple as kind of going through and digesting things that come from 3DMJ and digesting things that are coming from lift the bar, um, because I'm a, I'm a member of that organization. Um, and just, you know, just seeing what I can learn, what I can apply and what makes me better, what makes my clients better. So, yeah. Well, I love that. And I'll even reiterate with the, the, the max certification that you have, like that is a tough one. I haven't personally taken it, but I've known like dozens of people who have just struggled through that one and like they've prevailed. Some people might take longer to get through it. Um, but it is tough, but it's mm -hmm. also something that I would vouch for. Like, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So in a lot of cases, people only hear about the precision nutrition certification, but, uh, the, the Mac U one is, is pretty awesome. And I've had the opportunity to see, uh, Martin McDonald speak at a conference. Um, he, he's quite the animated individual, but, yes, uh, I do believe that he knows his stuff and he knows what he's talking about. But um, something that I wanted to kind of segue into as we bring this episode to a close, um, you talk about how you refine yourself through exercise and nutrition, and we've already highlighted a few things that you've done to sort of improve your, your boundaries and your lifestyle. But aside from everything that we've talked about so far, what is, what is something else? that you are either aimed towards to improve or that you've already gotten started in, in just your, yourself, you as a, as a human being. You know, I, I would say right now for me, and, and it's interesting because I've, I've been like sort of sitting on this idea of something that I've wanted to write for a while, but in, in writing it the way that I want to, I would need to actually get someone to help me with it. And I'm, I want to be respectful of their time, but I am, I am always someone who has struggled with finances and growing up, it was one of those things where my, you know, my father said money burns a hole in your pocket. And it did like I could, I, I was spending money as fast as I could get it with no real value to like, I just wanted to have the thing, you know? And so you, you end up looking around at your, your lot and you're like, well, I have lots of things, but do I have a lot of happiness? Like where does it, where do we draw the line? And so as business has gotten better, sort of like the whole adage of more money, more problems. Um, when you have enough money to do certain things, if you're not careful, you just do more things. And it's not always the most responsible thing to do. And because I'm always trying to draw parallels between the things that I struggle with and the things that I see my clients struggle with, it, it's, a, it's a pretty nice parallel, although it's still apples and oranges. It's a pretty nice parallel to look at <clears throat> how we might struggle with money versus how we might struggle with food. And so this big thing that I wanna write, I actually wanna get my help uh, from my accountant who's been sort of instrumental in helping me understand like how to make 
money work in a more productive manner. And I don't mean so much in investments because that's not, it's not the conversation, but just be more responsible with the money that I have so that it's going to the right places. And that, you know, it's kind of like the conversation that I was having with myself about, you know, adding in staff and giving them more hours and all that other stuff. It's like the money's there do the right thing with the money because you don't want to lose good help because you didn't want, you know, you didn't give them the hours, you didn't give them the opportunity, you didn't give them a competitive wage. And so it's been a very slow process of sort of learning and understanding how do I make this all work? And so there's been things that it's very fresh for me, but I'm having to change a lot of things about the way that I do my billing here at the studio and the way that I'm handling payroll processes and the way that my business now operates um, as a taxable corporation because of our amount of revenue, that it's all sort of new. And I'm trying to like embrace it and appreciate it rather than get all disgruntled and be like, well, you know, why do I have to pay X amount in those taxes? And, you know, how, how, why, why didn't I know that? I'm just trying to be really grateful for the fact that it's like, yeah, but remember when you had nothing, remember when you only had one client and now you have over a hundred clients, like, remember what you came from. And so learning that has been, um, it's very new. And like, when I say this, like the, some of this stuff is like only been happening over like the past few weeks where it's like changing some of these billing processes and understanding like how this is going to affect payroll um, is all very new. It's just kind of part of the growing pains. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of my thing right now is just getting, getting a better understanding of, of the, what to do with the revenue of this business so that, um, so that the business functions the best way that it can. And then, you know, obviously seeing how that affects, you know, my, my personal life, because, you know, I'm, I'm breadwinner. So it's got to be able to afford, you know, our lives as well. Um, so it's just, it, it's cool. It's a challenge. Um, I don't enjoy all of it, but you know, what, what, why would I, <laughs> it's kind of like dieting. Why would you enjoy all of it? Sometimes you just have to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that. And it's, it kind of segues into one of my experiences that I've had in the last couple of years is like, there's been so many unexpected conversations that I've had. And one of them was with a, a business owner local to Edmonton that uh, basically retired at age 35. And we, we've had a few conversations and some of the things that they've really hammered home for me are that uh, people often ask these people who have made it essentially, like, what could I possibly invest in that would give me the greatest return? And the advice that this business owner gives is invest in yourself, like take, like not from like a hippy dippy perspective, but like take a chance and see how much you can generate. If you actually like put the chips on you, not on like some other entity, not on like uh, Bitcoin, not on Tesla, but actually like see what you're capable of. Because like um, just imagine looking at uh, some of our, our most well-known business owners in the world and, and seeing their day one and thinking about like, okay, like what did it take for them to believe in themselves? Like it probably wasn't easy. There's probably a lot of odds against them. There's probably a lot of doubters. Like if we think about Amazon, who would have thought that that would be a thing? Like now we think it's sure. normal because we're all using it. But before he, he started off like um, selling books through the internet like that was it. And then it was just like finding commodities that uh, could be highly inventoried, like like CDs and, and everything that has like large, vast libraries and just finding a concept and, and running with it. And right. it just the, the momentum from that. And so hopefully people look at that and then they look at like 
rather than focusing on the money coming in, just like focusing on, on how often are we letting money leave and, and not paying attention. Like how often we can take t coffee, for example, like you can get a, a tin of ground coffee for like maybe six to eight bucks that would last like one person probably a month versus if they had a coffee a day and spent two to five dollars like that the the contrast is uh humbling if somebody actually takes out a spreadsheet and calculates yeah. it out and then realizes like oh that was just one aspect of my day that was like a huge hole in in the tank kind of thing um right. but to get us back on track here as we transition to the end there's a couple questions that i got for you so one of them is it always puts people on the spot, has them think on their toes. But um, I have my my guests give a challenge to the audience. I want it to be something that's unique to you, something that you think will really enhance their life today. Um, and if it's cliche, roll with it. But you essentially are going to just give a challenge to the audience and be like, your challenge for the day is, and just uh, dish it out to them. Sure. Uh, the next time you go to a restaurant, if you see someone eating by themselves, buy their meal. If you can do it anonymously, that would be the preference. Um, I've been in a couple of, of uh, scenarios where I've gone to pay for the person and the person that's taking the money uh, at the at the register said, hey, by the way, he's buying your lunch, <laughs> which I would prefer it just I, I prefer there be no, you know, fanfare for it. Um, I, I love buying, you know, lunch for for older ladies that are sitting by themselves, you know, because you just you don't know what their story is. All you know is they're they're sitting there by themselves. They're enjoying their breakfast or their lunch or whatever. Um, of course, you can always do coffee. You know, if you're if you're in a line buying your two to five dollar coffee, um, pay for the person behind you. Um, but I, I I like I like actually being in a restaurant and seeing that someone is eating by themselves, um, paying their meal or paying for their meal, um, and then covering the tip. Um, and then I, I prefer no, no fanfare. I prefer for them not to know that I'm the one that did it. Um, or at least maybe out of the restaurant by time, by time they find out, but yeah, I, I try to do that, um, whenever possible. So that's, that's my challenge to, uh, to your listeners is to, uh, either today or the next time you go to a restaurant, um, single out the person that's eating by themselves. And if you can do it as anonymously as possible by their lunch for them or by their meal. I love that. And then something else that I wanted to ask, because I recently put out a question on my Instagram and it basically asked people what kind of advice would they give to the 2019 version of themselves? And we reflected on how our last uh, interview together on this show was December 2019. And so if you could look back to that version of you, what would your advice be? I think I'm going to come back to something that I had said when I was talking about the finances. Um, like a lot of things in life, you you have a choice to how you're going to react about things. If you have a lot of bills that are piling up or expenses that you didn't expect that you were going to have, it's easy to, to have resentment about those things or to, to get down on yourself and just kind of feel like you've, you've, you know, you've been dealt a raw, you know, raw deal. Um, be, be grateful that you have that opportunity. Um, to just to just go through it. Um, be grateful that you're in a position where you can um, probably afford to pay them, even if it puts you in an uncomfortable position for a short amount of time. Um, 
but I, I just, I, I try to have a gratitude first approach. And of course, you know, I'm a fully flawed human being who doesn't always remember to be grateful. Um, I'm also an only child, <laughs> which, which means I've been spoiled for most of my life and I definitely forget to be grateful. Um, but I try to keep that as front of mind as possible. Like, you know, even going back to the previous thing that we were just talking about, like if I'm in a position to buy someone sitting by themselves, their lunch, plus afford my own, plus cover the tip, it's a pretty good life. Um, I, I'm not independently wealthy. I still have to work my ass off for what I've got. Um, but I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very lucky and, I, and I'm very grateful and I'm grateful to, to be able to, you know, be a guest on a podcast, um, with someone I have a lot of uh, love and, and admiration for. And before I forget, because I knew I, I was, I, I told myself, you can't forget to do this. For those of you who, who are listening to this, um, if you ever have a need for a, you know, commercial spot or something that advertises your business or your brand, please, please, please reach out to Chris. Um, Chris, you, and I've told you this, and then I, now I get to say it on the air, you put together um, a commercial for my business that is one of the most touching things that anyone has ever, ever, ever done for me. And the fact that it not only represents, um, you know, is a sort of a snapshot of a conversation that I actually had with you on this show before, back in December of 2019, but it shows a snapshot of people who, you know, they personify what this business stands for. You finished it with a, a very short clip of my oldest son, Jackson, doing a trap lift. Um, for those that don't know, my oldest has autism. So just the fact that he can do a trap lift is amazing by itself. Um, but Chris, I love you, man. I just, I, when I see what you do, when I see all the things that you're capable of, I'm like, I'm so glad that I know him. Um, so, so yeah, I, I didn't want to get off this call without saying that. So thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for letting me be a part of your world. But I, I, I hope that you, that all of your talents get uh, put to use. That is awesome. And I appreciate that. And I, I love you too. <laughs> We're definitely going to have all of the links for people to track you down. Your Instagram handle will be all over you if people watch the video version. Um, and everything is going to be in the episode description. Um, with all of that being said, I'd like to thank you so much for coming back to the show. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.